0: in as they want. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight on the Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins. I am your host. Uh, And tonight, Tuesday, I am joined by uh, Kat Abu, and we are going to be talking about Tucker. Uh, Kat follows Tucker uh, for her work with Media Matters. Uh, She tracks his uh, increasingly deranged rants that we're going to get into uh, for her work. So thanks, Kat, uh, for being here. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having um, me.
0: Yeah, so I thought that you know, just bef- before we really start getting into Tucker, um, I wanted to just give you a chance to just kind of explain like what it is you do um, in in this media monitoring role, and uh, and who it is that you that you follow. I know you follow Tucker, but I think you follow a couple other people at Fox too. Is that right?
1: Yes, so uh, I work for Media Matters, and uh, I'm on our rapid response team, so we monitor Fox News Primetime. My focus is Tucker, but I also regularly focus, uh, watch The Five and Special Report with Brett Baer. Uh, our team is, I believe, six people, and everyone watches different shows, and we just focus on tracking the narratives, attacking misinformation, and uh, really looking at dangerous rhetoric and seeing how to counteract it.
0: Yeah, I've definitely seen uh, some clips from Jesse Waters, who is a particularly noxious uh, Fox personality for anybody who's fortunate enough not to know who that is. So I was, I was curious, you know, who else, who else you track? Um, yeah, definitely, that's that's definitely quite the stable, the primetime edition. Uh, what do you what's what's your what's the least horrible one to watch for you?
1: Oh God. Uh, my mind is molded to Tucker at this point. I gotta say, um, Jesse waters is probably my least favorite to watch, but yeah, I'd have to say Tucker, which is saying something.
0: He's just, he's just the one that you just kind of used to it at this point.
1: Yeah. I'm used to it. Like I've, I've built up a resistance. Definitely. I,
0: I, I get that, 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 that certainly makes sense. Um, (laughs) so, you know, uh, uh, long-time listeners or people who at least have been paying attention to the show for a while will know that this is not the first episode that we have done on Tucker, nor is it the second, nor is it the third, and I'm not even sure if this is the fourth. This might be the fifth or sixth. Um, we, we've done a few episodes with, with your predecessor, uh, Nikki McCann Ramirez. Uh, we've, we've talked about Tucker's, uh, kind of tilt towards this far right, this white nationalist, um... I guess these these kind of uh, race war politics for quite some time. Uh, we've covered his his, uh, his 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 work in Brazil to help Bolsonaro get elected, or or you know I think that's what he hopes. Certainly is going to happen next week that Bolsonaro is going to get elected. Uh, we we've 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 tracked Tucker. Tucker is a pretty important person in the right wing media sphere. He's a pretty important person in our politics. Uh, simply for the fact that he has as much influence as he has. So it's not a surprise that that we would be covering him once again. But the focus of what we're going to be talking about tonight, because I'm going to kind of assume that anybody listening to this, uh, to a show called Tucker's Race War, is already familiar enough with Tucker Carlson to know uh, just kind of his his general deal, right? Uh, But I think that, what he has been doing recently and I, and I'm not sure you know we can we can discuss what it what it really is about. I'm not sure if it's like, you know, the run up to the election um or if he's just becoming more and more radicalized. But this like uh, direct race war rhetoric is it does strike me as is something it feels new and it feels newly hateful even for him. And I'm going to play so uh Kat put together this was uh yesterday evening um this uh, kind of it's a montage of clips. So this isn't one speech from Tucker. This is a montage of, of things that he said. Uh, what would you say? Like, is this in the last month or so cat?
1: No, this is over the past, I want to say six months or so. They're all from different things. All from, so. Yeah.
0: Okay. Past six months. But yeah, so, so you can, um, if, if you're familiar with him, and if even if you're familiar with like the right wing media and Fox in general, um, even even being familiar with that like this is uh, still pretty extreme stuff so uh, this is only like 40 seconds we'll just play it and, and then talk on the other side here
2: white People cheering the extinction of white people what kind of country do you live in well a country at war with itself race war not by the way a metaphorical war but an actual one this is about spreading race hate you have this party that's openly and very aggressively anti-white the democratic party how do we save this country before we become rwanda race politics is a sin Race politics always leads to violence and death. It's civilization-ending poison. We've reached Jonestown at this point. We're watching one of those rare revolutions, rare in world history, that's being waged not on behalf of the general population, but waged against it. What will the consequences of that change, of that revolution be? In your bones, you know the answer.
0: So, yeah, um, that is an escalation. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, you've been tracking this for a while, you know, as you said, this comes from the last six months, can you kind of walk us through like how this has happened, how we've gotten to this point? Um, I don't, I don't know. Did, I mean, did it start with the Rwanda stuff or is that more reason? I can't, I can't quite remember exactly what the timeline is on that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he hasn't had these sentiments for a while. You know, you had in 2018 where he said that immigrants make the country poorer and dirtier, Uh, And that's when he lost a lot of advertisers. And then you started going into blatant replacement theory in 2021, 2020, where he would just talk about it and then eventually using the terms replacement theory. And then concurrent with that and going further, he kept bringing up Rwanda. In the past few months, he's brought up Rwanda multiple times and just blatantly saying the words race war. On national television, yeah and I
0: think it's, it's, it's kind of it, it, it's an important distinction to make here that he 's not so much saying Rwanda in a racist way, although like he is he i mean he 's using an African country obviously, but he is using it uh, to talk about the genocide that happened there and, and the and the role of the media uh, in pushing that genocide on on the people of the country and his, his theory, basically, right, is that the liberal media, MSNBC, CNN, uh, basically whichever target he wants to pick, Media Matters, I'm sure, uh, is, you know, Media Matters is one of his favorite targets, so I'm sure that you guys are one of them too, um, are all kind of complicit in this uh, attempt at, at doing genocide. Um, and, and so that's kind of where, where this kind of argument is, where he is trying to say... Essentially, like he's tiptoeing right up to the line of saying this, right? Of saying that, like we like we need to have explicit violence against uh, people in in the liberal media, the liberal institutions, uh, because this is this is in in his view, this has gotten out of hand. Would you say that's an accurate um, assessment of of kind of where he's going with this?
1: I would say mostly, but. I'd also say that he, does, he crosses that line sometimes. Uh, on his Fox Nation show, Tucker Carlson Today, he was talking, I think, about trans people. And he said, "You know, why don't we have a real insurrection at this point? He throws out these little one-liners that if you don't listen, you won't hear them. But very blatant calls to action if you are some diehard white supremacist Tucker fan
0: right and we've and we've seen uh the violence uh, i had um ari drennan on a while ago and we were and and this was shortly after uh the the woman was arrested for calling in the bomb threat uh, to boston children's hospital at the point at, at, at the time that both uh lives of TikTok the account and and tucker uh were really going after boston children's hospital this, like there has been kind of a marrying of the anti-trans movement and, and the explicit race war stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that and about Tucker's role
1: in that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, for those who don't know, Tucker has been attacking trans people relentlessly for the entire summer uh, up to even today. He had a guest on who said uh, someone being trans is like someone doing blackface, like a white person doing blackface. He said that tonight or his guest did. Uh, And at certain points, he started calling out specific hospitals, which led to Boston Children's getting a bomb threat, and uh, it was very disgusting. He also does this with media figures, especially black women, uh, like we saw with his rant about MSNBC, um, like we see when he talks about Joy Reid. It's like this very similar tactic, and he does it for both of them. He'll attack specific targets. He'll bring them up. He brought up the board of, I believe, Vanderbilt's uh, Medical Board, put all of their names on screen. And then he does that with, you know, MSNBC uh, anchors. He's done that with Taylor Lorenz. He's done this with reporters all across media. And uses them as some boogeyman. Extremely similar tactics in both of them and bringing everything down to the idea that you will be replaced. When it comes to great replacement theory, he says you, as a white person, will be replaced by someone of color, and then this week, he was saying that you as a man are going to be replaced by someone in a dress or forced to wear a dress it's the same playbook every time
0: yeah he's 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 trying to activate the same feelings of insecurity in in yeah exactly in in, in both ways, and I think it, it's it's interesting the way that you're talking about it because it's, it's making me realize uh, something that I hadn't really put together before. But I, I wonder if what Tucker is doing, right, is that he sees that Bill O'Reilly, his predecessor at, uh, in, in, in the APM hour, right, uh, he has seen that, that, that O'Reilly was able to do this stuff for years with like zero consequences until somebody killed uh, George Tiller. Um, And then he had to kind of dial it back. But until then, and and then he kind of amped it back up. And there were never really any consequences for O'Reilly for doing this. And I wonder if Tucker is just realizing at this point that he can just do this. And, like, there's really never going to be any consequences from Fox. Fox is never going to take any action against Carlson, especially uh, as long as he is bringing in the kind of advertising revenue that he's bringing in. Um, do you? I mean, do you see that similarity too? I mean, o- O'Reilly at this point is such is is such an afterthought, uh, like just a total loser. But you know, uh, for for people who who don't remember, who are maybe too young to remember, or have mercifully like uh, excised that part of their brain, like there was like like two decade and a half, two decades when O'Reilly was like the number one dude on cable news, doing essentially what Tucker is doing, but n- not quite as explicitly in the language. Do you think that he is following the, do you think that I have that right, that he's following the playbook?
1: Yeah, I definitely think um, he has that, un- he sees that he has that untouchable quality that Bill O'Reilly did. Uh, I mean, Bill O'Reilly was such a big cultural figure for, you know, when he'd have Jesse Waters go on and interview people in the street and liberals and conservatives alike were like, yeah, I'm listening to what Bill O'Reilly's saying because I'm interested. Um, Tucker has that same cultural presence, but he's just replaced all of those people on the left with even more extreme people on the right or those people on the center more. Um, he's untouchable. Fox isn't going to fire him. They rewarded all of his COVID fear mongering and all of his lives during the summer of 2020 uh, with two shows, two new shows on their streaming service, making him the face of their streaming service. Uh, I think he's realized he's untouchable. And that's why his rhetoric is getting more and more insane by the day.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like, we're finally like getting into like what he really believes and what he really believes is like this, like the most extreme version of this because it does kind of seem to yeah. me like he's a true believer. Do you, I mean, do you think he's a true believer?
1: Oh yeah. I think he believes in his ideal world. It would be this world that has never existed and will never exist where Everyone looks like him and thinks like him and he's hoping that his viewers will do the dirty work for him. I think that he really believes a lot of this hate that just spews from his mouth and he can say it. And even if he doesn't believe it, he's fine pretending that he does if it means that he'll keep those people glued to the screen. Yeah, it's
0: kind of, it's, it's kind of like he, he can say... Five things he believes and five things he doesn't believe, but as long as it maintains the political project going forward, then that's all that matters. Like, like, yeah, as, exactly. as long as he's activated. See, yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, sorry. You can see some of them, like, you can see some of them very obviously, of like, oh, he doesn't care about that. But if I don't know anyone that could accurately pinpoint every single one, unless if your brain looks like Tucker Carlson's inside, and in that case, I'm so sorry for you.
0: Yeah, that's a. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a bleak, uh, <laughs> a bleak thing to think about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I wanted to ask you about something else as well. And, and, and we'll get back to, uh, to talking about this, uh, the, the, like the race war rhetoric and stuff like that. But I, I wanted to, uh, wanted to break from that uh, just for a second here. Um, can you kind of explain to me what's going on with Tucker and his son?
1: Oh my God. It's, um, uh, it's, Sorry, it's just so unbelievably funny. It just makes me so happy. Uh, Tucker basically uh, called where his son was working in Congress and yelled at him, at his boss, and was like, you know, my son is great and he's not a nepotism baby. Um, because because there's been Andrew an article, Warren's, right? My... Yeah, there had been an article of a congressman saying that Buckley – Uh, Carlson was nepotism baby and Tucker Carlson just went on this rampage and so uh, my boss Andrew Lawrence actually tweeted like an hour ago uh, he said imagine being Tucker Carlson's son and having to go to work the day after it was national news your dad called your boss and yelled at him about what a handsome and special little guy you are and honestly that tweet just it, it encapsulates the entire thing it's perfect and Buckley Carlson is absolutely a nepotism baby
0: yeah, I mean, like, the, the his his dad's behavior here is like just reinforcing that. Like he's, you know, he.
1: Yeah, it just makes it so much he's worse. He's
0: calling this this congressman to tell him that, you know, if he doesn't like take it back or like turn in who like said it, that he's going to like declare him public enemy number one on his show, which means that you know there's just gonna be a torrent of abuse at this guy. I mean, he, like, it, it's it is interesting too. Like, like he does he knows what he's doing. He knows the kind of power that he has. Um, and you get to actually see it in, in, in a situation like this where he's re- when he's willing and ready uh, to deploy it. Uh, he's, he's, he's very well – he's very aware of, of the power that he has. He's very aware of what he can do um, when, he, when, he's not, when he's not kind of playing dumb about it. Like a lot of I, – I yeah, a lot absolutely. of the time he'll be like, well, you know, like I don't know. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying things, you know. Or, or he won't really say that, but his defenders will say that kind of stuff. Um, I, I noticed that, that Tucker himself kind of tends to, uh, and, and smartly, uh, I, I think for him kind of tends to take, take a bit of a backseat to things. He he doesn't really put himself out there as the, as the face of, of what he's doing, uh, like outside of his shows, shows. Yeah. Like the, like the.
1: Yeah. shows. Yeah.
0: I mean like the Fox nation one, like one of them is like three hour program. Like, is it daily that he does that?
1: no no so the tucker carlson originals um are just like these crappy documentaries that he puts out he had one on cattle mutilations earlier this year um and he has one about blake masters that just came out and he had one about kid rock and they're just all you know fan service i guess um, and then he has tucker carlson today which comes out on a regular basis during the week and that's like hour and a half interviews with random people from, you know, Miranda Devine to Mike Rowe, all of these, you know, conservative media figures. Um, so he has all of those plus the number one slot in primetime.
0: Yeah. And, and like you said, like they really have made him and his rhetoric, the, the face of, of the network. Um, and, and they don't really seem to be like, like Fox itself doesn't really seem to be facing any kind of consequences for this. I remember um I think it was in twenty nineteen, uh, when when the when the clips from from him going on the, the, the radio show and you know, saying just horrific things about Iraqis and and other um and other people uh came out, like there was just like nothing. Um and and, and for people who aren't familiar with this, like he was calling Iraqis um uh, semi literate primitive monkeys and saying that they should just uh, quote shut the fuck up and obey close quote that that's um, that he was saying this stuff during during the Iraq war um, and just like just like uh, it, it just seemed like nothing happened like there was a zero pushback to that, and that was that was you only yeah, have, go, ahead. go ahead
1: sorry uh, you you only have so much that you can take away from him. I mean if you watch Tucker and you watch the ads it's my pillow. Um, Erectile Dysfunction Commercials, Balance of Nature, which is this supplement, another supplement that they have on there that's uh, advertised with Mike Huckabee. And that's pretty much it. And I guess a few charities here and there. He doesn't have nearly the amount of advertisers that other shows on Fox have. So what else are they going to take away? They still have the most viewers in that time slot across cable.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... But yet he seems to be making money for them anyway, right? Like like how how is that working exactly? It, it just that like it, there is a disconnect in my mind. I don't I can't quite put those two things together, right? You have this guy who obviously like you know like like he has a huge platform. But like you're saying like he doesn't have huge advertisers, so is like are like you know my pillow and these supplement places paying as much as as uh, the advertisers um, on Hannity, which by the way should should be the same. Like every advertiser on Fox should be the ones you're describing. Like, like there should be no mainstream companies advertising on this network, but that's a separate conversation. But, but like how, how is he making so much money, or is it just like they're just doing it's just a money-losing venture because it just like kind of lifts up the rest of the network? I, I guess I'm just kind of curious like how that works. What do you think? I mean do you know or, or do you have any like kind of ideas as to why that might be?
1: There is no one that can replace him. And even if they're losing money, they're taking viewers away from CNN and MSNBC. And I mean, think of, try to think of any media figure at Fox that could take Tucker's slot and do it as well or poorly, depending on what you think, as he does. There's no one. He's their crown jewel. And so even if they're losing money, they're going to keep him on there and give him more stuff like their Fox Nation specials. Make up some of the money that you would have gotten from his old advertisers uh, pre-Bubba the Love Sponge and pre-Immigrant Comments. Make it up with the subscribers.
0: Yeah, it's – I mean, you're right. Like, think about – like, there is nobody else who you can can really think of that can do it. I mean, uh, for – I mean, just to be clear to everybody, like, uh, Tucker is – I mean, like, the rhetoric – uh, the, uh, the just the general content is all horrific like so I, let me preface this by saying that but look, he's incredibly talented at what he does and it's because he's incredibly talented that that we're even talking about him in the first place I mean if he was just some like unhinged crank saying this this stuff that nobody was watching that'd be I mean it, like it would still suck if he was on Fox News but it wouldn't be quite the same but he is really good at it and he is the the number one watched uh, show on cable news so yeah, I mean, I guess that, like, you know, the, the, he has the influence, whether or not um, he, he gets the advertisers, uh, he certainly pushes forward their agenda.
1: Yeah, he keys into this demographic that just eats it up. They just absolutely love him. They will believe anything he says. And that's great for the Murdochs. It's great for Tucker. It's, you know, a symbiotic relationship.
0: Bad for the rest of us, though.
1: Oh, yeah. Horrible, um, me specifically.
0: So uh, I, w- I wanted to ask you about, you know, some of the other uh, people on Fox that you watch. I, I know that you, uh, you watch Ingram, right?
1: Yeah, so, you know, we, we're all monitoring. A lot of times I'm doing videos in the background. And uh, so we have someone monitoring the show, sending out, you know, looking at what we need to post, looking at what's important. And then some people have it in the background or if working on other projects, so the past week, I have been monitoring Jesse Waters and Laura Ingram uh, as we train our new night shift person so in on every Ingram, one
0: of the I you know I, I find Ingram interesting because she kind of she seems to kind of ebb and flow more than the other ones, right like like handy has his kind of audience, he has his base, um but he doesn't really expand much from it It doesn't really seem at this point to have the interest of the sobriety to, like, do that, to want to expand his base. But Ingram seems to, like, every once in a while, she'll kind of, like, explode um, onto, like, you know, like, like she'll, she'll say something outrageous enough or, or, uh, or, or, you know, something keyed in enough to what people uh, want to hear that um, she will kind of explode into the consciousness of, of the media or Twitter or whatever. Um, and then she kind of goes back down uh, but it seems like every time she does that, like she's saying basically the kind of shit that Tucker's been saying this this race war stuff. Um, as somebody who watches her a lot, uh, what 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 do you see when you watch that program? Um, I mean, like like is is she continuing to go uh, to the extremes that she has been, as she, or does it kind of go back and forth?
1: Yeah. So. Well, she just celebrated her five year anniversary at Fox of her own show. Um, And it's definitely, it feels like all of the rhetoric has just been ramping up slowly with Tucker's going faster than everyone's and more intense. But she says some batshit stuff that just off the cuff, just randomly or planned. She talks about the vaccines, like they're created by Satan himself. She talks about, you know, education and trans people. She doesn't do as much of the race war stuff as Tucker, but the hate is so clear in her voice and her message, specifically vaccines, trans people, teachers and education. It's almost like she's really, really, really trying to appeal to suburban white women, which I'm sure she is. And she's hitting the mark, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's always been like that. Uh, for uh, if if anyone's you know unfamiliar with her, I think this is probably all on her, like Wikipedia. But like, you know, during her college days, well, first she 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 dated Dinesh, I believe, like back back in college. Yeah, and yes. then also she, like she outed members of of her class back, and this was back in the '80s when that was like extremely like not. Um, like not under any circumstances, like something that you would do by accident. Like it was certainly done on purpose. Um,
1: She did it as a part of her paper, I believe like her college paper or a paper that she was on and went undercover into this LGBT group. uh, If I'm remembering the story correctly and then outed the people that were there. Yeah,
0: Just like absolutely disgusting, disgusting behavior. Horrible. Um, Like monstrous really. And, uh, for her to, so when you, so when you're saying like, yeah, she's like appealing to, um, to to suburban uh, white women and, and, and suburban voters. And it's like yeah, but like also like she has been doing this stuff for forever. I mean she is she is a truly hateful person. Her and Hannity, I feel like, are both like just real true believers in this stuff. Do you watch his show as well, or or does, or does Brendan yeah, I- manage that
1: one? Brendan watches um, Han- or listens to Hannity radio. I don't understand how he does it. The man, he can't finish a sentence every like five words, he's starting a new sentence. It, it's a nightmare to transcribe him. Uh, I used to watch Hannity when I first started at MMFA when Nikki was on Tucker. and yes, he is hateful, but he is also an absolute moron. Like, he is just such a moron. It's ridiculous. More so than any other Fox, any other Fox host on primetime.
0: Yeah, he's very stupid. He's very stupid. And I, he's and, so and I stupid. think his, his brain is pickled at this point. I mean, I think that there's really no other way to say it. Like, if you listen to him, it's just it's very obvious that, that it's, it's going
1: fast. Listen to his radio show, and it's like, oh, God. Yeah, I think – you listen to him talk about Fetterman, and I'm like, have you listened to your own radio show?
0: Brendan posted that clip from his radio show where he was talking about like his dad beating him as a good thing, and like like this whole like rant, <laughs> just really, um, really, really uncomfortable stuff. Um, yeah, I you know, as as somebody who who came of political age during the uh, during the Bush years, um, I have a special place of hate for. For uh, for Hannity, um, but but yeah, like it has started to change a little bit to just like pity, um, because it just doesn't really seem like there is much going on there anymore. Um, I actually have this clip. I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna play part of this clip. Um, it's just it's just a couple minutes. This is Sean Hannity um, on his show, uh, defending his parents, uh, uh, beating him. And all, it's, I, I'm just going to play it for you guys so that you can get kind of a sense of what we're talking about. Because my, no, nothing I can say here is going to, like, properly describe this.
2: <laughs> makes the same mistake. They want their children to learn how to walk. That's a bad idea. Because then when they walk, they learn to run. When they learn to run, they run away from you. And then when you teach the kids to talk, that's another big mistake that all, all parents make. You teach your child to talk. And then eventually, when they hit that age, whatever that age happens to be, it varies anywhere between 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. By the time they're 18, it'll happen. They'll start talking back. And, you, you know, in the old days, that was easily fixed. That was handled. Mr. Hannity pulled off the belt, beat the crap out of me. By the way, some, he was not a child abuser. I deserved it. I, not only did I deserve it, I was begging for it. It was like a fate of complete. My, my poor prison guard mom would say, don't leave this house. And I'm 12 years old and look at her and I say, you can't stop me. And I'd run out the door, never to be seen or heard from until uh, dad got home and dad was waiting. And usually there was a price to pay unless he was in a good mood or just tired of just beating the crap out of me because he just it was an everyday thing. Eventually they gave up. And my My parents had already raised their kids. They worked their asses off their whole life. They were tired. The, t- the time for raising me and, and my my older sister of 18 months, that that time had long passed. And eventually, you know, when I started working at 12 washing dishes in a restaurant and coming home every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night at 2:30 in the morning, they were fast asleep anyway. But at that point, they realized there's nothing they could do. I was gone. I was an adult. To, in their minds, I was self sufficient i paid i bought my own food my sisters would gather around like vultures and try and steal it from me it drove me absolutely insane that yeah, you're married to one of them sweet babies yes and but i had plenty of money for food i bought all my own food and then when i started making real money you know waiting tables tending bar you know i'd wake up in the morning and i find my dad
0: okay I, I can't i can't keep going with this but it does. It does continue for a while, um, where he's, he's just talking about like buying his own food. There, um, it reminds me of a clip uh, from him from from a few years ago, where he took off. This is on his show, on his TV show. Takes off his belt and starts like beating the table with it, talking about how his dad used to beat the hell out. Of him. Um, just a just a very disturbed guy there. Uh, there's like another minute and a half of this. I can't. I, I just can't subject you guys to it, but. Um, it, it is just kind of this, just endless rambling. And like you said, like this is from Brendan Brendan Carrot. That's a uh, bad underscore takes uh, at, on Twitter. I, I I don't know how he does it either, to to, to to like listen to this stuff. But that's kind of where Hannity is at uh, these days. Um, so so that's the that's the ten, the nine, and the eight o'clock hour. Um, who who's who's is what who's on seven p.m. now?
1: Jesse Waters, oh, Jesse Waters, yeah. content.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, I would like to remark about Brendan Carrot. He watches Hannity Radio for three hours and then Mark Levin for three hours.
0: Just a toxic.
1: Both radio shows. Just six hours of listening to these horrible, horrible men. So, absolutely
0: deranged. We really don't
1: deserve Brendan Carrot. Just, just like yes, deranged moral. Yeah, just Perfect. just like
0: just, like two of the dumbest people that you could possibly ever imagine. Uh, Mark Levin, who. Who is uh, like a perfect example of someone of, of what like a very stupid person thinks a really smart person about the Constitution sounds like? But he <laughs> is just like just brick stupid, just a, a, a complete, just shrieking moron. Um, I mean, it does like like talking about these. Idiots and and thinking like I, I understand like why like why you said at the top of the show that like Tucker is the person who you know of, of all of them that you know is is the least painful to watch because he is at least he's not like as stupid as the others I, I don't think Waters is either but he's just so smarmy that it just it it makes me very
1: he is so smarmy um, he. Is a, He's a grown frat boy. I'm sorry if you can hear the Andy on no, 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 my building. Um, he's so smarmy. He's like this frat boy. He is, as Andrew calls him, a human Jaeger bomb. And he knows that he's the worst. And that's why I hate watching him the most, Is he's the worst, and he knows he's the worst, and he's proud that he's the worst. Like yesterday, he was just talking in his monologue, and then said that he yells at women to try to get them to do what he wants and he just dropped that in there for no reason he's there's just something about him that is so much greasier than all of the other hosts on prime on prime time from 7 till 11 and that's saying something. yeah
0: yeah he he, he is he is extremely um slimy uh there's there's a, a a famous story from uh back when Ryan Grimm of the Intercept was uh, at the Huffington Post um, and uh attacked Waters at a DC event and honestly it, it's just it's a very understandable reaction um because he's just <laughs> such such a scumbag such a scumbag um yeah like I, I I really don't envy you having to watch all of this stuff. I know, I know. Bayer is uh, also, you know, like bad for his own reasons that are a little bit different than the others. Um, I used to watch the five a lot, um, back back when I back when I had cable, uh, just because it would be on, and 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 I would just have like kind of a, a masochistic streak and would want to watch. That's kind of <laughs> where waters came up. Um, like Greg Gutfeld is still on. I mean, like all these, all these personalities who, you know, I, I think, so there's like a difference here, right? So there's like Tucker, uh, is not necessarily like making money, um, for the company, but he is at least getting them attention. Right. And then there are people like, uh, like, uh, Gutfeld who has his own kind of comedy. Is it on Fox or Fox Nation? Which one is it on that he does his thing?
1: Uh, it's on Fox. It's after Ingram. And it's horrible. If you ever want to play a fun drinking game, just watch that and drink every time you feel like yeah, it.
0: Yeah, or, or every time he bombs. I think um, Brian uh, uh, of, of Street Fight Radio uh, was, was sharing just like, just him absolutely bombing just over and over again. Um, just trying to deliver these jokes and it just doesn't work. I mean, but just these completely talentless hacks, but are somehow still managing to, uh, to get out there, to get, you know, to, to, to make, um, to get these shows because I guess that they must have some sort of an audience. I mean, like I, I, I do, I, I do remember one, uh, woman who, who I knew from, uh, uh, back when I, back when I was working in, uh, in college uh, who was a big Gutfeld fan, but she's like literally the only person who I've ever seen say that. Like either like you know anonymous people on the internet or real people. I don't know where his base is. Like who who likes this guy? I don't understand it.
1: I I, I have no idea how this show is still on. To be completely honest, it's so bad. Um, and he brags about having high ratings for that time slot, but people don't really watch cable as much as they used to, and also they're split. Between between like the other three or four late night shows that are happening. So he has four other shows that people are watching and he's bragging about his ratings with just the most dog shit jokes, only hosting people that aren't comedians. They're all like Fox contributors. I, I, I don't know where his base is either. I don't know anyone who enjoys that shtick. I don't understand how you do. Yeah. It's... It really works for some people though. Apparently, I see. Yeah,
0: some people, I guess, I guess really enjoy it. Um, uh, I, I guess that that style of uh, what you might call comedy is 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 something that works for some people, I suppose. Um, but just with just with the, uh, the time that we have uh, remaining here, I just want to like come back to Tucker, um, and and just kind of maybe end on a little more serious note than uh, just shitting on all the foxholes, not. That I'm not enjoying it, and not that that is not a worthy thing to do. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think for someone who watches this show so much, um, and, you know, you have been watching him go further and further and further to the right, what... What do you think the end game is here? Do you think that this is something where because we are headed up to the midterms that maybe once, you know, maybe if there's like a red wave or something like that, that he kind of pulls back a little bit for a little while uh, to kind of try and reset a little bit, reset the meta, um, and then kind of with the new meta kind of come in and uh, push forward uh, and get to the same point by 2024? Or do you think that this is something where he's at this extreme point and he's just going to kind of continue uh, to go further in this race war rhetoric, this far-right stuff? Uh, Where do you see it kind of going at this point?
1: I see it continuing. I don't see anything that's going to make him stop or want to stop talking like that. It's not really about Republican victory. It's about him setting the agenda, him having the power and him pushing his own ideals Or Rupert Murdoch's.
0: Yeah. Is, is it, is it still Rupert Murdoch's or is it kind of like, that's another kind of question I guess I have like, like who, whose agenda is he really pushing at this point? Because, you know, it does seem like the Murdoch's are maybe not always like super crazy about uh, what. What Tucker is saying, especially when it kind of earns them bad press and maybe makes you know maybe makes it a little uncomfortable for them at a dinner party or something like that, but Tucker's Tucker's agenda and Fox's agenda don't always seem to be completely lined up. Uh, although maybe that's kind of changing as as Fox's agenda kind of becomes more like Tucker's. I don't know what would. I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, but but which one of those do you think is more is is more like like closer to the mark?
1: You know what? I honestly, it's it's hard to say. Uh, I made a video a couple weeks ago, I think like last week or the week before, of Tucker saying, "You know, anyone who wants nuclear war with Russia is certifiably insane." And then, you know, four hours earlier on Hannity Radio, you had Sean Hannity saying, "We need to nuke Mother Russia. We need to obliterate it off the map." And Hannity comes on right after Tucker. There's no consistent message it's extremely confusing i don't know if they're waiting to get on a consistent message if they're just offering variety if they're like we can't get rid of these people because they've been here
0: and it's working don't don't they hate each other it's
1: i i believe so i can't speak for them though i mean i hate both of them so right on Yeah,
2: yeah you know
1: I wouldn't blame either of them. Right,
0: right, or or both. Yeah, like like certainly, you know, <laughs> yeah. keep it going, guys. Like
1: everyone is right in this in this situation. Yeah, for,
0: everyone is correct to hate the other uh, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. It is just. Um, it's really interesting to see kind of how to see how he has gone this far with basically like zero pushback and then to kind of like be where he's at at this point uh and and just dominating the not only the ideology of fox news but also like increasing the ideology of the conservative movement uh which is you know itself being pushed further and further and further to the right uh do you think he's going to run for president
1: No, not anytime soon, at least. Because... He likes his position too much. He likes hanging out in Maine and filming from his house and having everyone say how great he is without going into his past more than they already have.
0: Yeah, he doesn't even need to go to D.C., right? He can just do everything from up there. Yeah. Kind of, kind of...
1: They have all the sets built up there.
0: Yeah. Kind of... It's the life for him. Well, uh... Kat, thank you so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. Um, did, 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 did you want to add anything that we didn't, we didn't get to or, uh, or, or, or maybe plug anything that uh, any, any of your recent work that, that we didn't discuss?
1: Yeah, the main thing that I want to say about Tucker, and I say this all the time, constantly, to anyone who will listen, um, is these aren't dog whistles, the things that he's saying. They are blaring alarm bells and people need to listen to them. This is not a dog whistle to talk about a race war or Rwanda. He is saying it. Um, besides that, you know, follow me on Twitter, follow @mmfa, um Abugazali like Cat. That's a really long last name, but you'll see, on I don't know, on Twitter. Yes,
0: and and we'll 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 link to it in the show description. So so thanks again Kat. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. If you're listening live or on replay on the app, please be sure to subscribe to the show. Uh, If you're listening on replay on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, uh, please be sure to rate, subscribe, do whatever it's called on those platforms. Um, All right. So we will be back on Sunday uh, with Aaron Thorpe. And then on uh, next Tuesday at 10 p.m., we're going to do a pre-election special with the aforementioned Nikki McCann-Ramirez. So those are the next two shows. Thanks again, Cap, for coming on. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you guys later.